Welcome to Let's Explore. This is Lane McCall, and I'm here hanging out with Elijah Tyndall. Elijah is a comedian, first and foremost, is how you like to introduce yourself. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So no uh, one, no one else refers to me as that, but that's what I like to <laughs> believe about myself. Say so one day, one day you'll <laughs> one be funny. Day, one day, one <laughs> day. Uh, that's cool. So I figured we'd hang out, and I'm super interested to hear your take on the entertainment industry, which you work in, and um, that world. And you also minister in churches, but. You always when you go to churches, you like them to introduce you as a comedian. Yeah, you're saying. Yeah, now, tell tell me why that is. Well, my thought is this: is that when a uh, when a church invites me to speak, they're inviting me to speak because they know who I am. If they know who I am, they know I have a, a bring a com- comedy element to it uh, to what I do. And uh, the thing that that's uh, common in like wanting to have guest speakers in is they're wanting to have visitors from the community that don't go to church. They're wanting to grow the congregation. And so what I see a lot of times is um, I see what I call transfer growth. And transfer growth is when someone comes from another church. They're already within the belief system, and they come from another church to see this um, this speaker, this uh, part of the whoever's the celebrity in the Christian world right then, you know. And, 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 and so— so, but they don't retain those people because they go back to where they were before. Or even if they do retain those people, they get excited about having the guests and they're excited about the things that they're saying bad about the church they came from. And two years later, those same people are leaving and, and they're going somewhere else because their nature is to be people for, who move from church to church. And so I want to bypass that. And I feel like uh, comedy, if you, if you introduce the the thought of this as a comedian, not just a guest speaker, what it does is that it, it allows people that really don't go to church, maybe aren't even interested in, in your belief system. But when you throw out terms like Comedy Central, you ter- throw out terms that are that 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 they're familiar with as as comedian, you know, as a comic, because um, stand up is a big deal, uh, especially outside of the church. And so that connects to the unchurched person. And so my thought is that God is trying to build his kingdom through global domination. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this, he's wanting to get everybody in. And so when we just say, I'm having a guest speaker in, it maybe, it maybe doesn't do the justice it could do if we just say, hey, we're having a comedian in. And then someone would be more open to that. And as they come, then, then they're introduced to the church culture. Because you don't have to, you don't have to apologize for being a church. No one at a restaurant is apologize if you go to Chili's um, I don't know if we can say uh, a oh, corporate yeah. thing okay yeah. so if we go to Chili's they're not going to say oh you know what I'm, I'm so sorry but I'm, I've got to mention these things that are on the menu I've got to mention the special right. of the day no one's apologizing you went there because it is Chili's and there's probably something you like in there or you're new to it and someone else brought you to Chili's and you're like you got to try the margarita grilled chicken it's so good oh dude you got to try this case you know what I'm saying so, yeah. so, so they don't have to apologize for being who they are in a church setting a lot of times uh, we we uh, we're afraid of what the unchurched people will think you right. know what I'm saying yeah. uh, which you know that speaks loudly that speaks maybe maybe we should consider what it is that we're offering <laughs> a lot of times yeah. if we're embarrassed when people come uh, but then the other thing is this that the if we believe and subscribe to this belief system that there is a Holy Spirit there is something that draws you to God um, then then maybe maybe we should allow people to be in the atmosphere of that restaurant where this is what we serve 
nerve. And and then and then when I get up, I still all of my approach is comedic. All of my stuff would work in a comedy club yeah. on any. But but it has an approach where we didn't apologize for being a church, and they don't expect an apology because they're already like, ah, uh, okay, I'll go to this thing. Right. And but they're gonna want my money. They're gonna want you know they're gonna do this weird worship stuff. They're gonna and that's okay for people to think because none of none of that makes any difference when when God starts dealing with your heart on mm. issues. Then it becomes a personal thing where, you know, I don't I don't know if I believe in this giving thing. I don't know if I believe in this over what they're saying over here, what they're doing over here, but I feel like something's happening on the inside. Yeah. You can't vision comes through exposure. You can't have a vision for something unless you're exposed to it. And so everyone, even on the mission field, if you if you you're like, uh, man, I just want to go to the mission field. That's because you were exposed to that right. at some point in your life, yeah. and some and you probably were hesitant of it at first when people came back. Oh, you got to sign up for the trip to, you know, to um, uh, wherever it is. Yeah, we're going to sign up. And you're like, oh, okay, I'll sign up. And you sign up. And then all of a sudden you come back after you're exposed to that, you come back with this vision for it. And then you're mad at people for going to lunch after church. Like, people are starving. And you're like, I, dude, I just wanted to eat right. lunch. I don't you know. <laughs> yeah. But but so that's that's kind of the concept is if we can use the term comedian, which I am a stand-up, then it allows people. It, it, it's one less thing that we have to. It's one less obstacle in front of them that keeps them from going to church. It may yeah. be an addition to help them bring you know bring somebody. And how did you? You're talking about vision and exposure. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because I wanted to ask you. It was my next question. Like, how did you? find out that comedy was one of your passions or something you love. How'd you get into it? Yeah. Well, okay. So, so I, um, I was a youth pastor for, for many years before that I was a radio DJ in, in Little Rock, Arkansas. And when I was fresh out of high school, I was was failing high school, failing, failing my senior year. Um, and I had horrible stuttering habits, horrible. I could not get the sentences out. I just could, the more nervous I'd get, I'd be like, you just want to hit me in the back of the head. Yeah. I could not talk. And, uh, and so the counselor calls me and said, Elijah, we're going to, uh, you're, you're not going to graduate. You need three extra credits. And they said, your only option is one of these Votech classes that we have, uh, you know, at at an off-campus thing half day. And I was like, off campus, half day, I'm in dude. Yeah. And so, so I looked through them, there was shop, there was, you know, television, there was uh, cosmetology and on there was, uh, was radio broadcasting. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, just play records all day or play, you know, yeah, I'm down for that. I had no idea that it meant being a DJ training to be a DJ. Uh. I couldn't talk. And so I go in there Mr. Bob, uh, he's, he was the teacher. He, he was pulling that, uh, the high waisted pant, uh, move, you know, like oh, yeah. as, as we age as men, we make a decision on where those pant, <laughs> pant line is going to be. Like a lot of us are proud that we have the same waistline yeah. as we did in high school, but the belly's just hanging way over it, right. you know, like, so, so, but he went with the other's choice. The other choice is we pull them high. Like as you yeah. get hold of the high, the higher they get, he had that high waisted thing and he would sit there and he was splicing the butts off his cigarette and smell and smoking cigarettes in class these are high schoolers oh, wow. they had a towel so you wouldn't get in trouble a towel that you put at the door of the classroom and he had that oh, slick hair and he and he had the big deep voice and he he said hey hey how you doing rock jock that's what he used to call me and about two weeks into that he he calls me in the office he goes you know what i i think you've got what it takes to be in radio which means it used to mean you're ugly you know because you you, you, know, <laughs> you just got to use your voice and uh and i said but i can't talk and he said i know you have issues but if you'll commit yourself to working really working at this i'll i'll promise you that I'll work with you on that 
And I think there's some techniques that I can show you that'll help you in that. And then I'll also guarantee you an interview at a radio station. Wow. Not a, not a job, but an yeah. interview. Cause he had the kind of connections cause he was a teacher in the, and, uh, and, and he, I followed through, I'd come in, you know, half an hour early I'd read the paper and he would show me some techniques that helped me get over some stuttering. And then a job opening came for just a gopher a position at a, a little part-time position, not on the air, but just to go get coffee and go get stuff for the staff at the number one radio station in the top 40 market in wow. Little Rock, Arkansas, which oh, also cool. included the Memphis market at that time and a little bit of the Dallas market. So it was a big, okay. it was a big market. And, um, I was excited because I worked at Burger King before. Yeah, I was, I was right. stuttering at Burger King trying to figure out people's <laughs> orders. And so so I got the job and two weeks into it, the overnight guy calls in and and he said, uh, hey, I, I can't. I can't work tonight. I'm sick, whatever. So the program director, he calls me. He said, hey, don't, don't you work or don't you go to that broadcasting school? And I was like, yeah, man. And he said, can you run the board and run the board in radio? That simply means you press the buttons, okay. you know, no dead air, no dead oh, air. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, uh, I said, can I talk? And he said, no, you can't talk. You can't talk. Okay. You know, 17 years old, yeah, just yeah. fresh kid, you know, just getting coffee. And, uh, and the next night, same thing happens. Can you run the board? Can I talk? No, you can't talk. Hmm. Third night in a row. I said, can I talk? He said, you can talk one time. This was the midnight to 5 a.m. shift. Wow. Okay. And I was like, yes, here I go. And this is before, you know, it, we, we could we could text everybody and yeah. tell them all. This. So yeah. I, I, all of my friends and family said they were listening, you know, and but it was yeah. overnight. So I remember I picked the song with the longest musical intro and it was, uh, it was, it was a 17 second intro. And, mm. uh, and so I was trying to hit that post before they started, uh, started singing. And for the first time we came up with the name Skywalker. That was going to be my name. That's okay. what they called and because uh, back then you couldn't use your real name for whatever reason, that's they didn't want to do that. And so I, I hit that thing, you know, it was the, the beginning of the song, 342 AM, and it was FM 104, KKYK, your number one hit music station, Skywalker in with you all night long. Hey, request line's open. If you want to hear anything, give me a call, 4330107, Skywalker FM 104, KKYK, boo. And I hit it, and I was like, oh, <laughs> that, I say all that because that was my life. I thought, man, if, if anything, this is going to be the rest of my, I, I got nothing else going. You wow. know, this is, this is, this is what I'm going to do. This is who I'm going to be. I'm going to be a radio. I was just last week at, at Burger King, you know, and I'm going to mm. do, this is my path. This is, so communication started to open up for me right there. Mm. The training, because before that I wanted to, I was real shy. I was timid until rap music came along when I was 13. And then, mm. then I thought I was going to be a rapper. I changed my name from Elijah Tyndall to E.T. Fresh. Mm. And I stuttered back then, but it worked for it. Biggity, 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 that kind of thing. It, it oh, worked. It wow. worked for that. So I could get through. But then when radio came along, I thought, this is my path. You know, this mm. is my, I just felt it. And when, when you get in your lane, you, you kind of have yeah. that feeling, you know? Yeah. And so I knew this was it. But then later on, when I was 21, that's when I had a life kind of conversion where I just felt like, man, I, I and it wasn't one of those, like, I, I've lost everything. I've hit bottom. Um, I had a great job in radio. I was doing production. I was doing all, and, uh, and I just knew that there is just, uh, there's something more that I was, mm. I was ignoring and I was running from, and that was relationship with God. And so mm. when that happened, I, uh, I got into radio. All uh, right. I'm sorry. I, I, I went to church 
I made some commitments to God. And I was like, but I knew that my life had to change. So mm. there's some surrounding factors that I was like, okay, I'm introduced to these habits that I really like that I need to get away from. And that's through my radio connections. And, and so I stopped mm. working in radio and I was like, well, what am I going to do now? I mean, this is, you know, the, I, I, so I, I got a job at some factories and whatever. And I did some production stuff, but, um, but I knew still what has been, being set up for me is in communication mm. and and I got real because it was my early stage of uh, of my walk with God I I like abandoned all Elijah used to have a good time Elijah used to be friendly Elijah yeah. used to be nice people like to be like around Elijah and then all of a sudden I was like this oh no I don't do that anymore and, blah, 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 and I got all stuffy and just mm. you know and uh, and finally because I, I thought well if I'm gonna do communication, that means I'm going to be a preacher, I guess. Mm. So I turned on Christian television and I started to try to be those preachers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was, I was doing this, uh, like, uh, uh, you know, I'd see one guy and he was get ready, get ready, great. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do that. And I'd, I'd get ready, get ready. But nothing was happening. Like get ready for another, you know, right. and, and then, and then another guy was throwing his jacket at people and people were falling yeah. out. And so I'd throw my jacket at people and people throwing stuff back at me. Like <laughs> nothing was working out. And I saw, um, Joyce Meyer one day on, on, uh, on Christian television and She's got this amazing way where she talks to women, like 20,000 yeah. women at one time and one man in the crowd, her husband, Dave. Right. And, and, and she says these things that no guy can get away with. She's, mm. She'll say these, like some of you women need to go home and cook and clean for your husband and repent. And everyone's yeah. like, ah, yeah, that's so good. <laughs> and I tried to do that. It was horrible. Oh. <laughs> I learned very quickly that's not my oh, no. demographic or, or the thing I should be saying. And so I got really upset at God because mm. I, I told God, God, I'm not done being Elijah. I people used to like me. People mm. used to like to now they avoid me when they see me coming. I'm just stuffy. I'm I'm critical. I'm judgmental. I'm all these things that I was never just ugh, you know, mm. the stuff I never wanted, the stuff I stayed away from church because of. Right. Yeah. Now I'm being thinking that that's the way to go. Mm. And uh and I just really felt like God was speaking back to my heart saying, good, finally, I can use you. Man, finally, you're, you, you don't have to be like all these other people and imitate that. You can be who I've created you to be. And so that was the point. I know it's taken us 20 minutes to get to the answer, but that <laughs> was the buildup to the point where I felt like, what do I love and what lane do I really just, this is where, this is my lane. And that's always been humor. It's always been comedy. And so I still stuck with ministry, um, but but I chose to do it in a different way. I chose to just start doing stories, kind of being a storyteller. Mm -hmm. And uh, and in that, I started uh, just being, yeah, I, I was just, I just let the humor come with the story and the mm -hmm. expressions and, and stuff like that. And so I did that. I was a youth pastor. I was so collectively about 18 years in ministry. Yeah. And then I, I decided through a series of uh, feeling like I wasn't reaching anyone in the outside world, yeah. um, outside of the, the walls of the church. Right, yeah. And yet I, I believe this thing that this is the most important thing that we can share with the entire world, but it's it's not important enough for me to take my life outside of the four walls of the mm. church. And I just had an issue with that for me yeah. personally. It, it, I could feel God saying, I, I need you to look beyond where you are, you know? Yeah. And so, um, so then I said, well, God, how am I going to be an influence? 
in an entertainment industry because that's that was one thing that was happening in me also that I was I was criticizing the entertainment industry um, which we tend to do inside the church sometimes right, not right. I know no one listening to this but the people you know they you know yeah, there's this right. like there's this tendency to be like oh well those celebrities and we even say bad things about them when they do good things they're like yeah. oh yeah they gave yeah two million dollars to this thing like that yeah but they've got you know two billion dollars it's like yeah. shut up man you, right. you hadn't given two dollars what are right. you talking about but but we we have a tendency and I was doing that because I was working with young people and I would see their the influence of the industry be just immediately in my youth group. And so like if Britney Spears would do something back yeah. in the day, then you'd see it kind of, you'd, it's, it'd be reflected inside some of the girls in the, in the mm. youth ministry, 50 cent, if he would do something, if it, it was just there immediately. Uh, and I, I realized the, the influence the industry had over the young people that was so strong. Yeah. And so I was criticizing that. And then I felt like God was just telling me, shut up, dude, shut up. Every, every person that you've, you've, you harbor stuff against that's in the entertainment industry, these entertainers, you haven't even prayed for. Yeah. Those are my children. Yeah. Those giftings yeah. I gave them. And I just like, oh man. And, and so I just really felt like God wanted me to, at minimum, at least pray for these same people. Right. And so me and my daughter, Destiny, she was, uh, you know, she was young at the time and, and, uh, we started to pray for a celebrity today. Mm. That, that was the thing. It's like, okay, God, what can I do? I, well, mm. I know to pray if I'm a Christian. I, I, I can mm. pray at least. And so on the way to school, you know, I'd, I'd ask her, hey, uh, okay, what celebrity do you want to pray for today? Mm. And, uh, and she'd say, oh, let's, pray for, let's pray for Hannah Montana. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's, let's pray for her. And so, so there was Miley Cyrus. So we, we'd pray for her. God, we thank you for her. And we just speak blessings upon her. We ask mm. you to have her, just give her a great day and just let, you know, let your presence be known in her life. And we just thank you and bless her. And in the next day, you know, who do you want to pray for? Um, a donkey from Shrek. Okay, his name's Eddie Murphy. Let's pray for <laughs> Eddie Murphy. And so from that, I started to develop up in this last in the in the few months of driving her to school i i started to develop this heart for mm. the entertainment industry wow to in influence a relational influence inside the entertainment industry and that's when i had to ask myself i was like how in the world am i going to do that as a youth pastor in oklahoma city right and what what does that look like and so that's when god started to say hey well look at what you do what in what you do is connected to the entertainment industry. And mm. all I did is talk, you know, I'd, yeah. I'd fart around with Photoshop, but I, you know, really what I did was talk. And, and so he said, okay, if you talk, then where can you talk that entertainment is a culture? And I was like, oh, stand up. Mm. That's comedy. That's the connection. Yeah. And so I went that week I signed up for the open mic uh, night at Looney Bin Comedy Club in Oklahoma City. And after 18 years of speaking professionally for a living, a career, a, a, yeah. a person, there's nothing like three minutes of dead silence to let you know you do not have chops. Like, wow. this is not, you're not, and I was really, I came in thinking I'll know how to do that. You know, I'm a yeah. storyteller and- and you have three minutes, three minutes up there. I can't say my name in three minutes, you mm. know? And so, so I, I really, uh, the, the owner of the club, I, I, I performed several times there. And uh, the owner said, Elijah, here's the problem. She's just smoking a cigarette at the same time, just blowing it in my face. Hey, Elijah, here's the problem. The problem is you think you're funny, but you're not funny. And I was oh, like, how man. dare she? Wow. I, she, does she know that I've 
spoken in these conferences and these things and but it to these 40 people in this club they're not laughing that's the evidence and she knows comedy she's been around this world she she she's a a showrunner in one of the and uh and she said if you want to do comedy you're gonna have to learn to make them laugh every 30 seconds Mm -hmm. and i didn't know how to write jokes at that time and Mm -hmm. so i was like okay how that's that's I need to I need to learn one liners so I can punch them every thirty seconds in the yeah. thing and so that's what got me started in there and ended up winning uh, two thousand seven that was two thousand five and two thousand seven I finally was I, I caught my momentum in the thing mm. and because my content is is uh, is clean. Uh, yep. Just by nature, um, it it uh, it's, it tends to stand out, you know, a lot mm. of times and stuff. And yeah. So, so that's what got me involved. That's what got me interested in comedy. And and once I got that bug, you talk to any any stand up, no matter what they do, if even if they're not full time stand up, whatever it is they do, they put that second. Like the I was I was working a room uh, in Ventura, California, uh, only weeks ago, and. Mm. And the guy that's opening, you know, he's doing the MC stuff. Um, he's a dentist, accomplished, established, rich dentist. Mm. And he's in there. He wants to make sure that you know him as a stand-up. As wow. far as, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like you get when you get the bug, everything else, uh, it's kind of like, I guess, a crack addiction. You know, it's like yeah. all you think about is that part. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, the, uh, that's the long, long, long answer. What's the high of it? Is it like the is the feedback from the people, like being in the room? I mean, I, I went to acting school years ago, and, uh-huh. and um, so I did a bunch of theater in that, and there was such a rush of being on stage, and you can feel the audience right. and when they're reacting to you, and making them laugh was one of my favorite things to do, even yeah. back when I did a fifth grade play. They wanted me to be the the one of the five orphan kids. They offered me the lead role oh, with, yeah. with forty two lines, yes. and I picked the guy with like thirty six lines because he had all the jokes. He got <laughs> yeah, to make yeah, the people, yeah, yeah. you know. So but I loved it, but that energy was was electric. And yeah. it, is that what you get into when you're I, on stage? I want to say no, but mm. the truth is, when the laughs aren't there, it it terrorizes you so much. Wow. That the answer has to be yes to that. Mm. The answer has to be that there is part of that gratification that you feel um, because when you don't feel it back, when they don't bounce the ball back, yeah. it, because you 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 threw them a flat ball. You know mm. what I'm saying? When that when that happens, it affects you. But I think it's one of the greatest things that can happen in a comic's life is when you bomb, um, and that's the reason you go to clubs and test out your material on a constant basis. Because when you bomb, you've got to make some choices. Is this really funny? Is it underdeveloped? Is it just it needs some tweaks? Is it what what are the reasons they're not laughing at it? Or is it just not a good bit? Is it mm. just not a good thing? And so you've got to you've got to you gotta spend at least three weeks committing to that bit, giving it time. And there's this other element of of you getting a laugh from uh, there's only so many words in this world. Everyone has access to the same exact words. And these are people who get up on a stage and have formulated a sequence of these words to make and engage someone in their in their soul and in their spirit that would cause them to physically have a reaction of laughter. You know, that and so I think there's just a beauty to that. It's an art form. It's like a song that hasn't been written, at least for me. That's that's what it feels like. So you when you get that back, you're like, oh yeah, yes, yes, we got that. I nailed yeah. it. That's what it is. So so I think, yeah, the answer has to be at least partially yes. You know, there's that. a similarity there between I mean, comedy, stand-up specifically seems just like 
maybe the rawest form of art because of in the sense that you have that immediate feedback like right there but it's the same thing if you like uh, i make a lot of videos and television stuff when when you make something you want people to react positively you don't just go for right what you think they're gonna like it comes from the heart or the soul but you are looking for that same type of reaction and the feedback measure might be different but i would think it's the same thing in songwriting or even painting or any sort of art form you want to touch people you want to reach people on some level you're not just making it to stick in your bathroom that no one ever sees in the corner if you do it's just for you and you enjoy it but on some level i don't think there's anything wrong with that i think that's something that i actually think there's an element of love in that when we're we're really doing it for people yeah you know you're wanting to make people laugh and have a good time i would imagine yeah and you know kind of in line with that thought is that any anything you have like that is 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 a gift. Okay, yeah. so the Bible says your gift makes room for you. So your gift is constantly trying to make room for you to do your call. But but in that gifting, when you first um, when you when it, when you first realize I'm interested in this, it's a gift to you. It's mm-hmm. a gift from God to you. Any musician, I see a guitar sitting in the corner there. It, when you first started playing guitar, you could sit for hours just trying to get the fingering right. Just the years, le- yeah, years, years. Yeah. For, because yeah. it, but but it's a gift to you. Now to yeah. other people at that time, um, oh dear Lord, I used to have this neighbor who um, she played the violin, but she was just starting to play the violin, mm-hmm. and it was just, now the more she practiced the more it became a gift to her. But it was over time, it was not a gift to me. It was like, oh my gosh. But then there's a certain moment that you reach a certain level, a certain caliber that you hit where it becomes not just to you, but it goes through you and Mm. it's a gift to others. Mm. And I think that's, that's the nature and that's the love nature in that is that God loves us enough to give us these gifts and they're gifts to us. There's there, we, we sit in rooms, we, we write things we do. And then as that blesses us, it's a gift that we receive from God. The more we, the more we condition that, the more we work on that, then we release that same love. It's love from God to us, and then love from God through us to other people. And so it's a gift that goes both ways. That's so cool. Yeah. I've never thought of it that way. But when you're, that's so accurate. When uh, because I've told many people probably. I don't know, 50 people. They say, oh, how'd you get good at guitar? I said, well, I picked it up and I was horrible for about three years, but I loved being horrible. I did. Right. I No one liked listening to me, but I loved it. Yeah. I enjoyed playing one string at a time uh-huh. and just fumbling my way through. It was enjoyable, but that is like what you're saying. It's God's gift to me yeah. and I get to enjoy it. And now when people hear me play, I'm not the greatest guitar player in the world, but I can, I can play right. okay. And it blesses people on some yeah. level. And that's so neat. Yeah, that, you're so right. It's isn't isn't that wow? Uh, I'm I'm gonna remember that. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> you know what I've always said. Just, uh... <laughs> you know, I think that's a nice sort of thought as far as because we all journey through life and are at least for me, I'm always sort of trying to be as sensitive as I can to that flow. Like mm-hmm. where what's the what's the flow that God has for me? Like what's the next yeah. step? And sometimes we go through transition periods where we're not so sure yeah. like which way to go. Right. Um but I think that might not be the only barometer, but that's a really nice barometer to have. Like sort of 
what am I really enjoying? Yeah. Like what what's touching me from God? Yeah. And then let me go there. Let me. It's like Nathan said uh, in our podcast. I think he said God spoke to him. Follow the joy, like to mm. follow. The, and like that's that's what yeah. that is. Yeah. The, those most enjoyable things that I'm given from God, and just go there, enjoy right. it, see what's going to happen. You yeah, know? that's you know I uh, had a quadruple bypass heart surgery wow. three years ago. Uh, in the uh, end of November in 2015. And one thing coming out of that, because you don't know if you're going to make it through that, you know, wow. it's it out of nowhere. And coming out of that, um, the walls had texture. Mm. It, things just, I could smell the smells now. I could, there's, there's a different perspective that you have coming out of not knowing if you're going to wake up here or in heaven, you know, mm. uh, or in hell, who knows? Right. <laughs> you, you just don't. And, and so, so there's something that, there's something that transitions to really grasp what you're talking about in those moments. But I don't think we have to have those moments to open our eyes and, and yeah. have our, uh, the eyes of our understanding illuminated to embrace that, man, we're only, all of us hmm. are only here for so long. Yeah. No one's getting out of this thing alive. Yeah. You know, and, and if every day is just one more day towards when we're not here anymore, hmm. Then it it we do we do really start appreciating the moments of the mm. the and, and we'll do the things that count and we'll enjoy those moments enjoy practicing enjoy the one of the signs that let me inter- interrupt myself one of the signs <laughs> uh, that I was thinking about even earlier today there's a guy named David in the Bible and David goes through this big uh, uh, thing where he fights Goliath, the Philistine army. And, and then, and they represent kind of the people who are standing against God's people. And, and then, and then seven years goes by seven years. God's told David, uh, you're going to be the guy I want you to be. But in that seven years, David's just trying, man, he's just trying to do his best. He's Mm -hmm. just trying, but he's running from the current guy. His name's Saul and Saul's trying to kill him for seven years. And so now David's got a collection of people that are following him because he's got God's call on his life, his anointing on his life and all this. But, but the, the thing is for seven years, David doesn't see the promise Mm. come through. And then he, he pauses because he's tired. He's just tired. Mm. We're all, we all get tired, you know? And, and then he takes this year and a half off and he makes this agreement with a certain army that, um, if him and his men help them fight, they can have this plot of land. It's called Ziklag. Mm-hmm. And in, in Ziklag, they can live, their families can live, um, but they have to fight on the behalf of this army. Mm-hmm. And Dave, the army is actually the Philistine army, mm-hmm. where David right. started fighting against yep. these things. Now David is fighting for these things. There's compromise in David's life. The stuff that he used to stand for, now he's st- or, or stand against, he used to, he's now standing for and fighting. He doesn't get the rest he thought he was going to get right. for that year and a half. Um, he's still having to fight, but now he's just fighting on the wrong side. I say all that because that year and a half is the only time and season that we find in David's life that there's not a recorded psalm written. Mm. David's gift was his psalms. He was he was a skilled fighter. We yeah. know that he could do the slingshot, but all of those guys could. You know, right. all of his mighty men mm. of David, they could all fight. Yeah. That didn't distinguish him from what what he was truly gifted at. What mm. he was truly gifted at, what's made him stand out. He's the guy that wrote the psalms. Yeah. He's the, yet when he when he was worn out, when he was tired, when he, and I'm not, I'm not judging David because man, I've been there, you know, way more than this one time. And, but, 
but you don't see him using his gift. Yeah. That's an outward sign that uh, that we're tired. Yeah. It's an outward sign that we begin to embrace compromise in different areas of our life yeah. when we don't tap into the thing that used to bring us joy. Yeah. And, and and brings other people freedom and 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 at the at that year and a half you know they 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 got to a point where they were ready to kill him they had stones in their hands they're like uh, man yeah. we're not following this guy anymore we we've lost everything mm-hmm. and david had to do it's in first samuel chapter 30 verse 6 it says david stirred himself up he encouraged himself in yeah. the lord and we say that man like it's an easy thing or i say it like it's an easy thing uh but it's not because when you're in verse six and everyone's ready to kill you and things have fallen apart you're just your life's just you're tired yeah. it's hard to grab the guitar again right and write a song it's yeah. hard to you know i'm gonna get back on stage and i'm just gonna go up there and i'm just gonna share some thoughts tonight it, it's hard to use your gift and and stir yourself up yeah. um but it's necessary yeah in order to re because only two verses down mm. they they regain everything they have to go through a battle but they get everything back they they came they lost their wives they'd lost their children they'd lost everything it says david lost two of his wives he was yeah. upset about at least one of those wives and everything you know was restored and more in two verses later but when you're in verse 6 man you know we know how yeah. david's story ends so we're like yeah david you're going to make it we don't know how our story is going to end. So it's easy right. for us to stop using our giftings because we feel so worn out. We feel so, God, I was just trying to be who it was you called me to be. Yeah. I didn't ask for these things to be handed to me. I didn't ask for this. You know what? I'm just going to take some time off. I'm going to, I'm, and, and when we do that, we stop tapping into our giftings. Mm. And the problem is our gift is what makes room for our call. Mm. And we stop pursuing our call and getting towards our call because we're not using the gift. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. Um, it And it ties back to something you said earlier when you said, you know, when you just thought you were going to go be a preacher mm-hmm. and then God kind of challenged you to see, you know, how, how could you do this kind of outside the, the four walls yeah. of the church, that kind of thing. I went through a similar experience where when I got I got real turned on to God as a young man and then just thought I was just going to go be a preacher, even though I had already done some media stuff and, and had a passion for that and music yeah, stuff. Yeah. And But I saw people preaching, and I really respected that and thought, oh, that's fantastic. So, And I could always speak. So I thought, okay, let me, let me go that way. And then after so long, and this is something I'm even going through right now, realizing that when I've... I got to a point where I couldn't go any further in that direction. Like mm. the doors just sort of shut. Yeah. And then when you spend a lot of years trying to go in a direction and dedicating yourself to a direction and then it doesn't work out, then you you hit a little bit of a place where, and maybe this is what's similar to yeah. what David was feeling, but it's like, what do I do now? Right. How do I... And you almost, you that's when you get tired. You're like, whoa, I just spent all this energy yeah. and it got me sort of nowhere. That's when you, you and it, you know, if people listening to this have gone through a time of like non-activity, because I did that. Oh, I yeah. went through, I did a lot of activity. I worked 80 plus hours a week for nearly a decade. And then I just hit this spot where I said, wow, that's not the direction. And then I rested for yeah. a few years, but I wasn't producing anything. I wasn't creating anything. But then it comes back around to where you see that, wow, 
I'm just not fulfilled though. Mm. Uh, resting is not fulfillment. Right. You know, I need to encourage myself in the Lord. Like I can't do it myself, but if I tap into what was that original thing that stirred in me? Yeah. Like let me revisit that place uh-huh. with the Lord and see what's still left of that. See yeah. what where maybe I took a left and I should have taken a right, but it's still there. God never right. changes his mind about who we are. Yeah. We're still the same person and it's like that encouragement to put a new vision in front of us to re rekindle those fires and allow us to have some passion again. And I've noticed it doesn't always come roaring back like a, mm. just like, Oh, here I am. Like, right. cause we've felt that, especially you felt the roar of the passion yeah. and then it didn't work. And you're, Whoa. Right. <laughs> but God spoke to me a while ago and I saw, um, I saw this, a picture of a bunch of babies in a field laying down like rows of babies. And he spoke to me, I was on an airplane and he said, this is my field of dreams. And he said, these are dreams that I've given people, but they're my dream, Hmm. but I've given it to people. But because of circumstances and situations, people have just let them sleep or thought these dreams would never happen. Some even thought they were dead. But he said, in this season, I'm going to start to bring back those dreams to people's remembrance. And if they'll just give it a little bit of life, just pay a little bit of attention to it, then it'll start to grow and take shape and and become something in their yeah. life. Because it's, it's his dream in us. It's not yours, yeah. Elijah, or me, yeah. Lane. It's not, we didn't come up with who we are. So That's good. Oh, man, that's man, good. It's so neat how that ties into what you're just yeah. saying. Yeah, and I was thinking about, too, it, I don't know where it is, but one of the scripture references says this, when the, when the Lord returned the captive ones of Zion... We were like those who dream. Mm. Then our mouth was full of laughter and our tongue with rejoicing. The nations and the nations said about us, the Lord has been good to them. Mm. And then the next verse says, the Lord has been good to us. Mm. Uh, uh, and, and this is during a time when, when, uh, when they, they're at a standstill, when nothing's happening, when it's just like, well, where are you, God? And what they remembered was the definition or the description of when God was moving on our behalf. We were dreamers. Mm. We were we were laughers. Yeah. We were singers. We were we were doing these things. Mm. And and then the other people, the unchurched people, the other nations were saying, the Lord is is good to them. Mm-hmm. God is God is real in their life. So, so we get so focused on God's not doing these things in our life, but we have to look at also when he was moving, this is how we looked. Mm. And maybe those two things are connected. Maybe it's not just God's not moving in this area. Maybe it's that we were giving, like you said, this area life. Mm-hmm. We were giving God something to work with mm-hmm. because we were dreaming. Yeah. We were laughing. We were dancing. We had a spirit of rejoicing on us, and we've allowed ourselves to not have that. Mm. We've let life just just hit us out of the side and take the wind out of our sails, and we want to see God do that again. So if we want to see Him do do what He was doing, why don't we 
back to the stirring ourselves up yep. in the Lord, why don't we do what we were doing? Yeah. Why don't yeah. we engage that in faith yeah. and, mm-hmm. and and tr- and at least try and and pick up those gifts again and pick yeah. up that mantle again and pick up that dream again? Um, because there's a, a scripture that Mordecai was telling Esther in a- Esther chapter four. Uh, he says, you know, if you stay silent mm. during this season, then God will send help and deliverance from another source. But don't think that you and your family will be saved. But could it be? God's always got that little extra. But could it be that you've been called into the kingdom for such a time as this? He didn't say, this saith the Lord, you've been called into the kingdom to do this. And to, He said, no, could it be? Yeah. And what I found is that if I'll just ask myself, could it be? And just assume, oh yeah, if it could be, then let me just assume it is. Yeah. That So I'll speak up here. I'll do something here. Mm. And because I don't want someone else having to pick up God's part of the dream that he gave me, because God will send help and deliverance mm-hmm. from another source if I stay silent. Mm. Yeah. If I'm in charge of my own story, if I get to say, no, that's just a comma, or that's just the end of this chapter, but there's another chapter to come. Yeah. If I'm the one that's got another day to live, I might as well write something good in that. Right. You know, yeah. I might as well be the one who dreams, be the one who rejoices, be the one who sings, be the, but everything's not going well. Well, join the club. And no one's yeah. life in all at all times is going well, yeah. but but we can apply that and put it in faith. And I'm preaching myself now. So that's <laughs> no, and, and me too. I This is uh, slightly vulnerable for me, but this happened to me the other day uh-huh. was um, even in doing this podcast because I, um, I did an episode just a, a couple episodes ago and it was just me talking, just me sharing. Yeah. And that's something, you know, it'd been on my heart to do a long time. And yeah. I've, I've ministered a little bit before, but... I've known, you know, when I was born, I came out and my grandmother saw me. She said, oh, he's a preacher. Like, and she wasn't like that, you yeah. know, but it's just something that's always been with me. But I don't... Wait, when you were born, did you have a suit on? Because I that came would... out with a suit and tie and a microphone <laughs> and I took an offering. Yeah, yeah that's pretty much... <laughs> uh, so no, it's just my bald head, which I yeah. have again now, you know? And uh, uh, so... I, I just, so I shared something the other day on the podcast. It was just me. It was like a 15 minute thing. And, but I knew something happened in me. It was just this thing that was always there. And God was just sort of, he never shoves us off the cliff, but he will lead us to the edge of it and just like, let us, you know, wet our appetite and look over what life could be if I jump off this thing or, you know, and so, man, I, uh, I did this thing and then, um, uh, so I did that podcast and then I, uh, I think I was having dinner. Or I was just, it was in the evening and I was, so I'll have a glass of wine in the evening. Uh-huh. And I was uh, opening a bottle of wine and I pulled the cork out and the thing came up and hit me right in the head. And God is funny with me with wine. Like he's spoken to me with wine uh-huh. a few times, but as soon as it hit me in the head and it stung, like I still know where it hit yeah, me. Yeah. And it was like, he was saying to me, well, that took long enough. Like, boom, like, you know, and you're not going to forget this. Like, it wasn't injuring me, but it was like this thing. Look, this has always been in you. You just, for different reasons and different thoughts, have held it back because, you know, you criticized yourself or you thought you weren't good enough or whatever. How many times do we deal with that where if we just move in what we have and we don't have to go in presumption or we don't have to go and, you know, we don't have to go out and get on a stage to play guitar when we've only played for a day, you know, yeah, yeah. but, but if we will move in the direction and just allow those inspirations to happen and not limit him yeah, and just 
one thing I've learned is, man, you you know, you can't do anything to hurt me, Elijah. Like you can't, if yeah. you say something insulting to me and it hurts me, that's really me. That's yeah. not, you don't actually have the power to hurt me right. that way. So I say that to say that you're harmless in my world and I'm harmless in your world. So if we really grasp that concept, it liberates us from the fear of, making a mistake that would either hurt someone or cause, because we don't have bad intentions. But sometimes I think we hold back because we don't want to do the wrong thing. Yeah. But really, there's no wrong thing that's big enough to actually do damage. You know, you're not going to, I mean, you're a good person. You're not going to go harm people in a major, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I'm saying is we are actually so liberated to go after what's on the inside of us, but it's ourselves that just... yeah. I hope people listening to this get some inspiration from the conversation we're having. And when you think about it too, you know, that scripture that says uh, that it's impossible to please God without faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Yeah. The reverse angle on that is, is we have to assume that that's true, that anything done in faith pleases God. Mm, Yeah. And so, so if, if we don't have the wrong intentions, if we just, we're just, you know, then those those things are not going to displease God when we yeah. make the wrong moves right. or when we when we stumble when we do because we were doing things in faith I was doing things in faith that this would work out yep. but in insecurity I stopped doing them yep. because I felt disqualified because of my actions on this in this area of my life or this over here or this person how they think about me and they know these character flaws of me and and I think when we get to the last day of our life, which I've been to, you know, I've had to struggle with that when yeah. I was there, that could have been the thing. And so to me, there was no difference in this. Well, this wasn't the, that was my wow. final day when I, when they, when we were willing into the surgery mm. and I'd had to have those conversations with my kids mm. and I was a single dad with custody mm. of my kids. And I, I, I had to, I had to face that that was the, when you get to that day, I don't think that you'll look back and I'll look back at the things we didn't do and be glad we didn't do them because other actions in our life, other people in our life didn't think we were qualified to do. Because we're about to face a God who put the assignment on our lives Mm. and the giftings in our life. We're about to know that, yes, all this may be over or whatever, whatever, you know, everyone's got different belief systems on uh, our understandings, but... But the fact is, physically, here in this shell that we care, we're not going to have the opportunity anymore to do this, what we have, this this conversation we're having right now. That's not going to exist. And so, so... so today, you know, I was in Athens, Texas earlier and came here now. We could have easily said, yeah, it's been enough for the day and just go to the hotel, yeah. you know, and not and not do anything. But because we're choosing to do this, I believe mm. that that's part that we'll look back on and say, that yeah. was worth it. Yeah. Because some, and we'll see the big picture later on. Yeah. But right now we just see what's in front of us and we have to take action. So I'm just mumbling now. But no, just, no, no, that's yeah. good. You ever have those moments where you do something in, uh, I don't know, sometimes I'll, uh, for example, go pray for like, I just feel like praying. So I'll go pray for half an hour or something. And then, um, and I don't do that a lot, to be honest. I don't go pray a lot. I yeah. like to, yeah, I like yeah, to yeah. live in, in a state yeah, of... Yeah, me too, yeah. You know, but sometimes I've done that when I felt it or whatever. Just take time, spend it with God, morning, after, it doesn't matter. But, or just done something that was inspired. 
And then I do it and I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I did that. And then my day goes really well and this happens and that happens. And that. I'm like, wow, look, like all this stuff happened because I was just tapped in. You know, yeah. I was just kind of in the flow and that was great. I can't even imagine if, well, look what I would have missed if that, if I wouldn't yeah. have been in that flow. And it's like, you can look at it that way. But then it, when we live days when we're not really in that flow, connected, whatever, um, we're never separated, but you know, there's something we do to get into, like encouraging yourself. There's something we do, like action we take that matters yeah. as far as our spiritual reality goes and what happens in the world. It matters big time what we do. And uh, I've gone through days where I felt like, wow, I'm so glad I did that because all this good stuff happened. Yeah. I can't imagine if I wouldn't have done that. But you know what? If I wouldn't have done that, I might just have had a regular old day right. or something. Yeah, the autopilot day. Yeah, the exactly. Yeah. The autopilot day. And it's interesting to think like I've had a lot of autopilot days uh-huh. looking back. I mean, I'm sure we all have. Well, maybe not all of us. Maybe there's some, you know, there's right. people that, <laughs> you know, it's different for everybody. But um, it's just interesting to think that we are in charge of that engagement to a big level. And yeah. we have opportunity every yeah. time, every day to yeah. move forward and engage and, and see something happen see something good happen and to watch it grow i think that's one sometimes we don't we're not satisfied with the progress we mm, want to have yeah. this finish line result um romans 12 2 says uh don't be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you yeah. can prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of god we all want to know what's that perfect will of god for my right. life but if if i understand it correctly I mean, if if everything goes exactly the way that it's supposed to go every day of my life, and I'm following that thing, I'm transforming my the my I'm renewing my mind, transforming it every day of my life. It's going to take to the end of my life to to fulfill God's perfect plan for my mm. life. So why am I in such a hurry to see the end result? Yeah. Why why am I not happy about where I am exactly right now in the process? Mm. It, because progress is success. Ec- it, 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 we want perfection. We yeah. want, you know, how are you, brother? I'm blessed and highly favored. And you're like, your spouse is like, you just cussing me on the parking lot only yeah. moments ago. What are you yeah. talking about? Blessed and highly favored. And But we want everyone to think that we've got this together. We want these finish lines. We want these, but it's that process. And I think we 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 want to expedite that process. And then we get tired of it. Well, we were not there yet. I guess we're just not the thing. And and so then we don't find ourselves. And so then we lose we lose wind. And, and yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting because if one thing that I've been, I've thought about for years is the difference between time and eternity. And I've always thought if I could get beyond time, mm. in, in my, then, then there's some sort of freedom lying there. And I've been really kind of diving into that recently. But if you if you look at you know we are we live in eternity now like our, our we're not yeah, a body yeah, yeah, yeah. like we're a spirit right and so when we die eternity beyond time is is a reality that we actually get to enjoy yeah but even if you look at the creation of God in time if you look at the universe well we know the universe is still expanding mm-hmm. so even the thing that God started in the universe that hasn't even hit a finish line yet. Yeah. There's no finish oh, line. Oh, that's good. It's just creation is more like like circular, yeah. like eternity being in the middle, and it just goes out and out and out. Yeah. And it doesn't need to stop or have some sort of finish line. You know, in reality, we have the finish line on the inside of us. That's the fact that we're loved by this yeah. loving creator. Right. That's the finish line. Right. It's that relationship. Now it's just an opportunity to create, like 
create something today, create something tomorrow, create a movie that takes two years, create yeah. a song that takes nine months yeah. or whatever it is. Just be involved in the process of being loved and letting the getting receiving the gifts and letting those gifts flow. That's it. Because yeah. all of that has this image uh uh, pasted on the inside of a uh, Genesis 126 and 27 says this it says God created man in his image and the image of God he created them both male and female he created them so so there's two words image there the first word image is it, it translates down to imagination God created us in his imagination yeah and then the second word image translates down to like your DNA okay so God created us in his imagination and his in his DNA if we took a puzzle we went to Walmart the Walmarts my nana says me and we're gonna go to the Walmarts we go to the Walmarts and we buy a 500 piece puzzle yes. every piece of that puzzle shaped differently has a different part of the ink that it collectively when it's all placed together you can see what that image is yeah. and now what we do though was when when we'll see ourselves and we're like this this the, you know the the puzzles maybe a a kitten you know it's a it's a kitten sitting on a countertop <laughs> yeah. and and we see like one piece of this puzzle we really admire is this the eye of the kitten because it's green and it's got this gloss to it and we're we can't spend our life looking at that I I want to be like that but we're over here we're we're part of the countertop yeah. on, in the picture but it's all the same image yes. and in order for the image to really show what it looks like, all of the pieces have to be in the right place mm. and satisfied with who they are and what they've cre been created to be. And and so that's why the, the gifts, like you're saying, the, that we release and we start to tap into those things, that's the image of God. That's the part he's put on us. Mm. And so then I don't have to look at you and say, man, I because that whole Romans 12, 12, uh, 12 2, don't be conformed to this world. That's not just like talking about the people who don't believe in God. That's talking about... If I admire you and you're fulfilling and you're the call in your life and you're doing everything right and I admire you so much, I want to conform who I am mm. into who you are. Mm. I'm changing. I'm 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 filing away the the shape of my piece of the puzzle, mm. and I'm I'm doing all this stuff and I'm painting over what it is that because I want to look like the piece that you are. Mm. But the problem is at the end of that journey, no matter how hard I try, the end of the journey, there's already you in that place. Yeah. And so now there's an empty spot that now now there's a gap that people can't see what the image of God really looks like that we're all fit that you know there's 8 billion people on earth right now if everyone would walk in exactly who it is that God has given that that, that little piece of his DNA yeah. and we have those expressions and we have the, we we take joy in that thing then Anyone outside looking can see exactly what God looks like, yeah. and then it makes sense. Yeah. But right now, it doesn't make sense because there's so many gaps, there's so many holes, there's so many people trying yeah. to be like other people, and then this mm. song comes out, and now I'm going to be like this celebrity worship person, and this, and all that nonsense that we do when God is like, no, 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 I created you right here. Be yeah. right here. Be this, and 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 fitly joined together, man. We 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 shine, and we we show the world what God looks like. But we we spend our time. You know, comparing ourselves to ourselves mm. and, and, and it's just not, it, it makes us, it makes us aggravated. Well, now I don't, I'm not getting to where I want to be. I'm not. And a lot of the things that I was frustrated that I'm not, uh, I haven't achieved yet. I was never even supposed to be pursuing those things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I learned from it and I grew in those things, but 
the progress I've made is now it's it's a success. It's mm-hmm. not this perfection finish line like you're yeah. saying. We've already got that. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Man. That is beautiful, and you know that's the thing that we miss a lot of times. I thought of this analogy while you were talking. We try to be like like the Avengers, and we're supposed to be like Voltron. Yeah, <laughs> Remember yeah, yeah, Voltron, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the pieces fit together <laughs> right. and they be created. Right. Yeah, it's like because God hit me with this a couple of weeks ago, and I honestly had never had this thought, and it kind of shook me, but uh, he said, you know, there's no separation between me and you. I said, yeah, no, I believe that. I believe that for a while. He said, you know, there's no separation between your neighbor and me. I said, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, right. You're, you love my neighbor. You're part of my neighbor. You're in his life just like you are in mine. Yes. There's no separation between the bus driver and me. Correct. He said, okay, then there's no separation between you and your neighbor. Yeah, that's good. You and the bus driver or me and you. There's no yeah. separation. That, the, the picture of unity is actually, that's the actual idea here. Like the picture of the cat on the cat. That's the idea. The whole image is the image. You, Elijah, don't have the image on individually. Lane, I don't have the image individually. So what's beautiful about God is he's pure love. And so when we tap into that flow, I can be about whatever my gifts are. They're here to bless you and to help you bring your gifts out. Because if I do that, I'm blessing me. Because I'm part of the image. It's like my pinky finger if it does its job, it's blessing my left elbow just, yeah. just because it's, you know, working to do whatever it does, right. which gets over to the, it all blesses each other. And we've been so conditioned in our, in our, you know, American culture to think individual success, right? but actual success is not individual success. That's why, um, I don't believe the Lord's going to rest until, <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't, he doesn't stop doing things until the whole body that he's willfully connected himself to is conformed to the image. Like he's about that. Right. And that's really where we find fulfillment. So the finish line is really all of our finish line. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's good. And he does it for us. It's for us. It's so that way we can enjoy this expression of who he is. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Oh, it's so good, man. And just think, some people tuned in because they thought it was going to be about comedy. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm, I'm disappointed. I didn't laugh as much as I, know, I expected. I know, I'm disappointed. <laughs> they can write in to get their money back. From... <laughs> man, this is awesome. Yeah, uh, We'll do it again and I'm, hang out again. I'm for it, man. Hey, man, if people want to find you, if they want to find how to connect with you, what's sure. the best way? The best is, uh, is on my socials. I've got a website, but it's just ElijahTindall.com. That's E-L-I-J-A-H-T-I-N-D-A-L-L. D-A-L-L. So if you just type in that, um, you can find the socials all from from that stuff. Perfect, man. It was awesome hanging out with you, Awesome, brother. All right. 